Revelator Podcast Network listeners, we're calling on you. We could use your help. We're courting our very first sponsor for the network. We're working with Manscaped over on Kyle's Valheim Bulletin. If you haven't subscribed to that show, make sure you do. It's a wonderful video game. I I could talk about it forever. What I'm here to tell you about is you can get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code KVB, like Kyle's Valheim Bulletin, right? So KVB, do that. Get yourself one of their new products. They just sent me the Lawnmower 4.0 that just came out here in May, and it's really, really nice. So check it out. If you got a guy in your life that you want to buy these for or anyone that you want to send these to, they got a whole range of products up there going on now. Use code KVB. You're literally helping the network and this show grow by doing that. Get 20% off, free shipping, KVB, like Kyle's Valheim Bulletin. Thank you so much. Hello, everybody. Kyle here. You're listening to the Chaos and Shadow podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Pagan. Pagan, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. How are you? Very good. We have had an awesome couple episodes out this last uh, May. We're recording this. It's June 4th today. We just released the episode with Katie Webb. Oh, my goodness. Was that amazing? She did a solid hour of us uh, on the public podcast here for everyone. And then for members, the Revelator Network gave us a whole bonus hour, which just made this episode come about so naturally. Because today we're going to be talking about the Hinsdale House, which Katie helped investigate back in, what was it, Pagan, about 2018 she went there with Haunt Me? Uh, yes, it was 2018. That's a, it's a, been a great time talking to her with all of her information. She's just you got to go listen to it. You have to listen to those episodes. She talked to us about naming houses and how you can kind of connect with the energy that is a house. This this is some really cool PK manifestation style stuff. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that later, how buildings can build up energetically, uh, what, what that means for investigators, how you can work with that in your own home a smidge. And really importantly, what we are going to be doing here uh, towards the end of July For those that haven't Mm -hmm. caught the last couple episodes, I'm doing a big move, moving from Salt Lake City back to my hometown of Pennsylvania, specifically moving into a big farmhouse that my family owned uh, and I grew up in. So this is going to be a really fun place to investigate. It's got a massive personality and what we felt like were multiple energies. A lot of people think they've been watched. Some people think they've been touched. Who knows what we're going to find. But I do know the spirits in that house seem very amenable to chatting with people. Um, and so with all of this research we've been building or, or doing and bringing together with the like minds like Katie and uh, Matt Oren, we had Storm Fairy Wolf on. Everyone's been talking with us about ethics of investigating and growing your psychic abilities on your own, like how, how that can come about. I'm just so proud of what we've been doing, Pagan. It's just blowing me out of the water. It totally is blowing me out of the water, too. And it was really interesting because I I remember that when we had the Newkirks on Greg talked about this house and it never registered in my brain Mm -hmm. until you had told me about it when I was like, Hey, this was really interesting. I thought this was kind of cool. We should talk about it. And then we discovered the haunt me episode, which we're going to talk a little bit about as well. Um, But this is not your typical haunted house. And for a lot of different reasons, they don't know what caused this PK manifestation that is in this house. Nobody really knows. They're just like, it's there. And they can't figure out why. They can't get rid of it. And we'll talk about some of the reasons why it won't go away here in just a little bit. Oh. But before we do let's dig into the history. Yeah, hold on. Let's, let, let's call out a couple things people need to know first. So, dates. June 12th, we have a seance. 6 p.m. Eastern Time. 3 p.m. Pacific. Do not miss that. That is uh, not... Well, let's see. You're going to get this on Monday the 7th. So, yeah, that will be this weekend. When you're hearing this, that'll be this upcoming weekend. That is the 12th, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. Join us. That's going to be at gilded.gg forward slash RPN. Make sure to get in there. It's just a quick application. Hit the apply button. Um, it just asks you what your favorite podcast is, and you can say it's Chaos and Shadow. So we'll accept you, get you in there, and you can join us. Um, other things we got going on, want to do a huge shout out to people that gave us five star reviews. We'll talk, read out some of those at the end, but we got massively trolled on Apple podcasts. So if you want to help 
please leave us a five-star review. We'll go into more detail later, but we'll read those out uh, when we can on the show. The new subscription tiers are up there on the site. So if you're interested, check those out. We'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but Pagan is also going to be hosting a wards and protection workshop on June 18th at 6 p.m. Eastern as well. These are going to be so fun. Put them in your calendar. I don't want to talk too long at the start, but uh, we'll talk later. Like Pagan said, let's let's dive right into history. Pagan, you want to take it away? Tell us the history of the Hinsdale House. Hinsdale House has been around for quite some time. It's was a farm that was owned by several different individuals, but the like original history of it's pretty sketchy. So we're going to kind of skim quickly over that and say a lot is not officially known because a lot of it has been, I don't want to say fabricated, but it has been lost over in some ways. And in other ways, it was really heightened and said that some things were there when they actually weren't. So we're just going to kind of get to a little bit more of the meat of why the Hills Hensdale house um, is as prominent as everyone likes to make it out to be. So the famous story of this property is it actually takes place in 1970 when the Dandy family, Claire and Clara and Phil move in with their children. During their time in the home, they get a whole lot of paranormal activity that starts happening. They start seeing different apparitions, lots of shadow people, there's objects moving, there's different smells and scents that they're experiencing, and a lot of unexplainable sounds. Now, if you're somebody who has never experienced the paranormal and you move into a house, that would be terrifying to just have all of this stuff happening. You'd probably think you were going a little bit insane. And eventually they start getting strange phenomena of the manifestations are getting phone calls, like their phone's actually ringing and there's something happening on the other end of the line, but they don't know what it is. There's nobody ever speaking to them. It's strange noises and it's just weird really weird and they would even go outside and they were here chanting coming from the woods surrounding the house now if you guys ever see some aerial photos which we will try to include them in the notes there is a lot of woods behind this house there's a lot of hills and they really don't know how far back the quote-unquote native american land was in this uh, this property so they don't know if it's Gregorian chant, which some of the reports have said that Clara Danny heard Gregorian chant, and others say that it's Native American. Hmm. So the, the paranormal activity is very strange in this house. Now, the Dandies also would report seeing a woman in white. They would also report seeing bizarre animal and human hybrids. And at one point, it got really dangerous because then not only is stuff just moving in the house, apparently a lamp threw itself at one of the dandy's daughters. Whoa. And it became absolutely so bad that Mr. Dandy, um, Phil, ended up experiencing a state of amnesia and was unable to remember some of the most frightening incidents in the house. Ooh, that's some serious activity. I, uh, I, I will call out one thing you and I've talked about before, which is the kind of uh, uh, the ethics of investigating slash the unethical way people like to peg a lot of things on Native American spirits. We always like to call out to folks, you know, that that's in TV shows and stuff can often be fluffed up to make a haunting seem scarier or to attribute things to cultures that us white imperializers come in and, you know, stomp all over it. Uh, that gets done way too much. In in this case, this is some interesting land, though. Um, this is this is French and Indian war battleground territory. Uh, so when we talk about like real bad stuff that did happen close to it, I mean, yeah, there's some really big massacres and stuff that happened not too far. Not too far. But the interesting thing is nobody is officially certain that there is burial grounds in those hills. They have not actually been discovered. They've been speculated. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the, a lot of reports of this place will say, oh, yeah, there's, you know, burial grounds up in the woods. And that's why there's so much activity and this place is so haunted and yada, yada, yada. Nobody's actually proven that. At least we couldn't find nope. the actual documentation stating that it was proven. So I will say that that one is a possibility, but it's not official. 
That's a good call out. And so. very briefly, I'll add that um, I was saying that there's battlefields around. I, I saw or heard something that specifically said that that actual tract of land had been out of a battleground. I couldn't find any confirmation on that on the Internet. Um, mm-hmm. Hinsdale House is located in Hinsdale, New York, by the way. So you can see the area. Uh, and I couldn't find any maps that would overlay it with a specific battle. We we heard, though, that the town of Hinsdale had kind of caught fire, right? And that's what ends up reducing the town and making it a bit smaller. And I think it was implied that that fire may have been caused by parts of the war or, you know, the tumultuous, like, border disputes. But I didn't see that on the Internet. Maybe maybe in the area there's local markers that give more intel Otherwise, it may just be oral tradition stories that made it into our path. That is very likely. And it's just one of those things that so much of the history around surrounding this house has been regurgitated so many times. And as our listeners know, if you're new to our podcast and this is your first episode, we will tell you that we're not big fans of just regurgitating the story. We like to see where the truth lies within that story. The interesting thing about the history of this house is we don't really know where the truth sits. A lot of it is kind of folklore, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with folklore, but it's been regurgitated so many times that you don't really know where the truth sits. So take all of the history with this place with a grain of salt. So let's talk about what happens after the Dandy family literally just gets to the point that they can't handle it anymore. They reach out to Father Trebold for home blessing. Now, a lot of ple- a lot of the history will state that the Father Trebold came in and did an exorcism. Now, a cleansing and an exorcism are slightly different by definition. The cleansings are on places whereas an exorcism is done on a person. So, it works similarly. And he did read the exorcism prayer, but it didn't actually do anything. So that's okay. We just want to call that out and, you know, highlight that for everybody. So in 1974, Father Trebold comes in. He performs a cleansing on the home. And it's also been noted that apparently Ed and Lorraine Warren also investigated and assisted in the cleansing of the home. Now, I was unable to find any reports of their investigation other than the fact that people just stated that they were there, which did seem odd to me because usually anytime the Warrens are involved, there's lots of information about it. There's their reports. There's They were, Warrens liked to tell people where they had been, what they had done, and like to show their documentations of it. And I couldn't find anything. So not saying that they weren't there. I just find it peculiar that I couldn't find anything. So... That was interesting. That is. I mean, now, Lorraine Warren, did she join in some of the TV shows later that went there? Because I know she did a lot of the paranormal circuit, like around, you know, the 90s and beyond. Um, Yes. Did she show up there ever? She didn't actually show up. Now, in 2016, Nick Groff and Katrina Wildman um, from the show Paranormal Lockdown actually did 72 hours of an investigation in the property. Uh, they did bring in Tony Spira, who is Lorraine Warren's son-in-law, mm-hmm. who he did call Lorraine and tell them that they were in the house. And Nick asked for advice to what to do with the, the house. And she told him to go to church. <laughs> so she did claim that she had similar experiences to what he had already been having, which feelings of being choked oppressive feelings and you know just those kind of uh generally freaked out and there were a lot of flies in the house which we'll also talk about later uh but she said that she experienced all that so i'm not discounting the fact that they weren't there i just do find i find it very interesting that there was no reports right no that's extremely valid and i'm glad you call that out too because right i'd expect there to be a media circus around it that's kind of what they're known for doing (laughs) that's known for so (laughs) that's one thing i I will say with um the warrens lots of their investigations media is definitely involved with this one it didn't seem to be that way so i don't know maybe something happened to the warrens in that house to the point that they were like yeah we can't talk about it i don't know it'd be wild true (laughs) it would be very wild if that was the case so 
after the cleansing of this house, the energy actually calmed down for a couple of days. Now we're talking like three days. That's it. Like they had three days of mildly quiet. And then it became about 10 times worse than what it was originally. And it got so bad that they were hearing reports of banging, like filtered through the walls, terrible senses of evil throughout the home. And when they realized the cleansing just didn't work, the dandies had to move out of the house. They couldn't take it. And there were a couple of other owners, but I couldn't actually find a whole lot of who owned it. There weren't, I couldn't get a hold of the deeds or anything of who possibly were the owners after the dandies. I do know that it is rumored that it went through a lot of owners after the dandies. They just couldn't keep people in the house. But in 2015, the home was actually uh, supposed to be demolished. And in 2015, Daniel Clace, I'm sorry if I'm butchering his name, I'm terrible with names, paranormal investigator for the Greater Western New York Paranormal Society, bought the house with the intent of studying the paranormal activity that takes place in the home. So good for him for buying it. Yeah, right. That was awesome. Uh, <laughs> and we get to see him in that episode of, of Haunt Me. I mean, that's a two-parter. I mentioned that a little earlier that, that Katie Webb was there. Um, and how awesome... Uh, we got to meet the homeowner. He tells us some of the stories from the property, and we get to see some really interesting investigative work go on there. But uh, it seems to be a, a, kind of a common trend these days. People are buying and trying to at least preserve these famous haunted houses. And mm-hmm. Daniel seemed to have, in that episode, actually put in a lot of cameras to it, right? Like, he had it on, like, a 24-hour feed for people. It was... It, like said that there was that much activity or, you know, he wanted eyeballs on it to see how much activity. There, I believe it's still camera, like, I think you can actually go to his website and actually still watch the feed. Wow. That's so, really neat. That's that is really cool. There's a lot of places, I believe they, they have the Conjuring House that does the same thing. Um, I don't know how many other haunted locations do that, but I'm sure there's probably lots of them that do that. But yeah, there has been a lot of investigators who in- investigated this house And the very interesting activity, and they give it a lot of different labels. Some say it's a demon, some say it's Native American spirits, some say it's a plethora of spirits that are causing this entity or causing this, the activity in this home. But nobody ever really gives it a firm, this is what it is. They don't know. And... In 2016, like I said, Nick Groff and Katrina Wildman did go into the home. They investigated uh, for 72 hours. They were completely locked onto the property. Now, this wasn't just in the house. They did explore the woods and stuff surrounding because there is activity in the woods as well. But they experienced a wide range of activity, including bangs, voices, shadows in the woods, uh, strange like changings of energy and they even got physical pushes and scratches. So the house was not happy with them. And I know that uh, Kyle and I had talked about this off air, I believe yesterday that Nick still experienced issues with the home for several weeks after the investigation, he was getting bangs in his own home, like same activity that he was getting in this house He got in his own house and he eventually had to go get a full spiritual cleansing to break all the ties to the house so that the activity would stop. That's that is one of those great kind of times to talk about like what we believe is sort of going on in in places like this. Uh, As you set up beautifully, there's so many different pieces of background information, especially those that have been lost or just not documented over the years. As to what could have caused this, it we see with a lot of hauntings, or we assume with a lot of hauntings, that there's like a trigger event, a flashpoint that starts it, right? Like maybe someone was mm-hmm. murdered or um, whatever it could be. There was a battle on the property. When we don't know that sort of stuff and it doesn't seem very obvious, it, I think, allows us to think outside of the box even more. Uh, and that... Speaks to, I think, the the path you and I've been on recently. I mean, the last year as Chaos and Shadows hitting its year mark. You and I have changed our thinking many ways. It's evolved and and become more all-encompassing. Really thanks to the ideas that the new Kirks and Katie Webb put forward on various haunt me's of the Dybbuk box. Uh, For those that 
you know, may have heard the word Dybbuk box, as many people think that there's a, a demon trapped inside. But what we think is less of that and more of that people can manifest some amount of energy when you're channeling it onto a specific item, object, or whatever. In this case, a lot of people are leaning, or at least our crew tends to lean towards thinking that this house may be a manifestation of a lot of people's energy just culminated in one point. Mm-hmm. Also potentially that's a portal a, zone. I don't know. Window area. That's very possible. Like, um, they, they have had people say that, yes, there's a possible portal on the property. Yes, there's different spirits that come through. Even in Haunt Me, I believe that they talked about this, where at one point in time, they would be doing getting EVPs from the normal spirits that are usually there. And then they would get new ones that had never been there before. And other times they would get what they would think that they were kind of tapping into alternate dimensions where they were hearing conversations happening, but nobody could actually like pick up officially and say, those people are talking about us or they're talking about this. No, they were off doing their own thing. We just listened in. Like walking into a restaurant and you get to hear everybody else talking, but they're not actually talking to you. So it's very interesting in that way that uh, I, I can't officially say that there is a portal in this place, but it's interesting. It's very interesting, in fact. I agree. Um, it makes me think, though, uh, but again, we're injecting our own stuff into this. Uh, this is so on the nose that this is so much what we're trying to work on in the future. Once, once I get the move in July done for the Haunted HQ, really want to start seeing what kind of energy is in that house you know what was potentially experienced before and how has it changed having you know the residents of the place be different for you know over the last decade and this episode this kind of focus on the hinsdale house really kind of expands my mind in in ways to go about it um is it an okay time to talk about some of the methods they threw in there too for the that they brought to the house or is that jumping the gun a bit maybe let's probably talk about that uh you know, we can talk about any aspect of this. We can talk about the stuff that they all found. And we can also talk about some of the really interesting correlations between the couple of investigations between, you know, uh, the Haunt Me crew and the Paranormal Lockdown crew as well. Yeah. So, I, I, all. I took down some notes here at the bottom that I liked in particular. So I watched that Haunt Me two-parter twice through so that I could, you know, once through for enjoyment and the second time through to get notes on it. Um, and, and, and I got very general takeaways that I loved with the, the, they, they first went in with tabula rasa on the mind, like going in with very little preconceived notions to what, what it might be. Like you've said beautifully, there's implications of demonic stuff and people said there's native American stuff, blah, 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 blah. So clearing the slate is a great way to go into it where you drop as many of those notions as you, you can. So you're just going in and they took forward the idea of communication open communication that's where katie and dana worked on some um kind of altar work setting up a nice space Mm -hmm. for uh spirits to feel welcome they also i loved that outside of the home because because there were stories the land having a bad vibe and the house having a bad vibe they set up a safe spot which was a nice bonfire outside that katie kind of initiated and uh, blessed, if you will. You know, she she put good intent into it. And actually, they all did. So that, that became their, like, haven. If the energy in the house was sapping them or the woods, they would go over and place a log on the fire. And I I mean, it just to me, those those couple of things, going in with little preconceived notions, going in with the intent of open communication, and also being mindful of taking care of yourself energetically, that to me is the great start of an investigation. I think that's where a lot of people should be. And I'd like to see that shift. I think we're seeing it, but I want to push that. That is beautiful work, in my opinion. It's absolutely beautiful work. And it's really interesting how the two investigations that I watched, because you didn't watch the Paranormal Lockdown episode. No, I didn't have access. Uh -uh. It was very interesting how in the initial interviews of the Haunt Me episode, Dana actually talks about the first time she went to the Hensdale house, she, when she got out of the car, she was surrounded by a swarm of flies. And when Nick and Katrina went upstairs into Mary's room, one of the rooms upstairs, which is the room with the most activity in the house, 
the entire window was like just swarming with flies and bugs. And it was really gross. But interestingly enough, they also talked about that in the haunt mean one, again, there were flies up in that room. And they had also had a swarm of bees up in that room as well in the crawl space. So there's something with that room where it is attracting insect activity and the house and the property is ex- it has that nice, um, the two investigations had that nice correlation where they both experienced similar things, which gives credibility to the haunt itself. That's very interesting. Uh, just that, that kind of correlation between all of them. And I, I, I was someone who, I don't know if I would, you know, just outright discount all the things with the flies. Those, those are always so tricky to say, especially when Hollywood starts using that effect, right, for all their exorcism style things. And it's become so symbolic, the idea of, uh, you know, <laughs> some sort of bug being there. I... I actually feel like I recently inadvertently stumbled upon a little bit of potentially the reasoning for some of that. This is me extrapolating and, and just positing something. But I, I was listening to how people in England dealt with, uh, like around the, the time of the plague doctors and those masks and why, what they were actually supposed to do. And at the time, people were very concerned that bad smells caused disease. And their kind of completely fictional idea of it is, actually somewhat accurate in a way like you know dead bodies smell feces smell so like just the they thought it was more in the air uh, and in the smell itself but we know it's very much touching the actually decaying thing that's what's bad um so again this idea of putrefaction and like flies and just death kind of congregating and, and being almost a physical manifestation of something negative it's a very interesting thing to me because it feels very Hollywood in one way, but it is also mm-hmm. very kind of human lore in another. Like it's something we have taught each other in, in some senses. But if we're thinking this is something about people projecting, you know, either, you know, this manifestation that to me fits in my brain without too much. Well, I, I don't know. I could I could see energies of a house having the ability to attract certain bugs and all that. I I. It's just a weird indicator, but all I can say is it feels like the energy would be very weird in doing that. It does. And for me, it brings about a couple of different types of energy. Um, Now, we have talked about this house being a PK manifestation, not like traditionally haunted. It's the house itself is the haunted entity. And so with that being said, the insects kind of remind me a lot of elemental energy mm-hmm. and when something is just off like you can see a lot of insects with elemental energy the other thing too is with the house being a pk manifestation that happens to be an intelligent manifestation and all of that it might be attracting its own kind of negative energy which you know as we've seen with the haunt me investigation and the previous investigations and activity very likely. So it might be kind of taking almost what you were saying with that knowledge of insects and death and everything else and just saying, you know what? I'm not very much of a good entity. I'm kind of gross. And so naturally it's attracting them. Who knows? That it's just a theory. It's not official, but it is definitely something that the insects of the Hillsdale house or the Hinsdale house, I, I always mix that up, uh, definitely are something that I can't say that we can officially discount it. Yeah. But it is, it's very interesting. It's a very strange feel. Like, yeah, uh, there's there's natural phenomena that can cause it for sure. But when you got an energy like that, it, it also feels like that stuff fits in for a reason. And whether that, like you said, intelligent haunting of the place, intelligent uh, and I don't know if we explained that well enough. I hope I hope for folks, um, PK manifestation, I don't know if I formally said that, but we're talking a psychokinetic uh, manifestation. So again, so much energy is devoted to an object or a place, in this case, a house, that it is, well, it can kind of, <clears throat> in, in some senses, like you said, become intelligent or it can either potentially act on response. Uh, the idea of PK manifestations are, are also more widely 
accepted than the term is just for anyone that's listening mm-hmm. and like that sounds weird many people in many different communities uh, sometimes will readily pardon my voice <clears throat> the way will readily accept the idea that a house has a feeling or a vibe right like that that kind of gets into our jargon regardless of your background even we feel like places have some sort of energy or life to them cities michelle talked michelle bell and jay talked to us about cities uh, having that and so, again, this is kind of a common idea in our brains. And so when we talk about PK manifestation, we're just talking about becoming hyper-focused. And yes. that's where you also start to see terms like tulpa and the like, where a thought form can manifest in all kinds of different ways. And this another house really great, might be it. Another really great correlation that we can do with this, you know, trying to understand how PK manifestations work is going back to the Dybbuk box. So a Dybbuk box might have had an energy in it, or it might not have. It might have been a perceived energy that somebody was like, oh, there's a demon in this person. I'm going to put it in this box and lock the box away. And then you 100% believe through your entire life that there is a demon in that box. And you keep saying, there's a demon in that box. There's a demon in that box. And then you pass the you know box on to someone else. And they believe there's a demon in that box. And so on. And there's so much of that mental energy of belief going into that box that, yeah, there may not have been anything in that box to begin with, but by the time it got done, there was something in that box because we had created it with through that belief and through that intent. And, you know, we've talked about belief and manifestation and intent on the podcast quite a bit in many of our other episodes. And it's one of those things that belief is very strong in a lot of cultures, there's many cultures who believe that you can heal your body through belief and you can walk on fire through intent and belief that you can and never get hurt. And there's videos of it around the world. If you haven't seen it, I encourage you to go Google it. Um, But there's so much cool stuff that happens with that, that it can work in reverse too. So if you believe that the woods are haunted or that they are plagued by Native American pissed off energy from a war that may or may not have happened, and you do this for generations, then yeah, there's going to be something in the woods. Or if you believe that there's something wrong with the house, or you just have a lot of angry energy that you're just putting forth into that house, something could manifest. We see it a lot with PK manifestations. And, uh, Oh, what's the term? Um, not just PK manifestations, but poltergeist activity. Yes. That's the other thing that comes out as. Mm-hmm. So it's not too far-fetched to think that a house can become a paranormal entity because of that. And the interesting thing is the Haunt Me crew came about this investigation completely different than any of the other crews had gone into this house. They wanted to catch the spirits. They wanted to catch the quote-unquote demon. Excuse me. And they wanted to catch all of the other different entities within that house, but they did and didn't because the house was the entity. That, so when yeah, big me came into it and they were like, at one point in time when they were doing a DR60 session, they went from talking to the quote unquote spirits of the house to saying, I want to talk to the house. And the entire investigation changed. Everything changed. It was such a pivotal moment in their investigation and the outlook of how this house actually is in the property. And it was just wild. It's such an interesting concept uh, to go about actually talking to the house itself. And uh, it fits very well into my world of all the Hemisync stuff we've been talking about lately. Um, it just, you know, with Matt Oren's book out there, Psychic Witch, like a lot of the ideas of more openly trying to connect with an energy, it, it just seems to fit. And it fits my view of reality a lot better, too. Um, much more than a world of just angels, demons, and, you know, whatever else. Uh, the idea that, I mean, because we're, we're, our brains are just so powerful in what we perceive. With these ideas of like quantum <clears throat> quantum mechanics and video game design and stuff with simulation theory that are, are so prevalent in this day and age, it just makes it just seems so potentially there um, that we could even be imbuing these things with life or with an energy enough to respond to us, whether or not that's just a mirror of our own energy in some cases, 
uh, or actually, you know, in this case, devoting it to a thing that becomes its own. It's just very interesting. And I'm so I'm so excited to experiment with it all. And, and what's wild is this stuff seems to speak back regularly. Like you don't have to leave it just to the folks on TV to do it. Like we had an extremely successful virtual seance last weekend that we got responses to a lot of questions. So I go like, what was it? What was talking to you, Pagan? <laughs> so I I will say that there was so much cool stuff that happened in that seance. And it, it was funny that you actually mentioned about it mirroring and briefly bouncing back to the Hinsdale house. When Carol, who is one of the, the people on Haunt Me, was doing her interview, there was a gentleman who known, is known as Mama Hinsdale's son. She's the caretaker of the property. Uh, and he walked up to her and he pointed at one of the upstairs windows, which happens to be Mary's room. And he gave her like made this like Joker smile on his face and like tilted his head in this like creepy, sinister kind of way. And it was actually a premonition because they ended up doing a scrying session upstairs in that room and saw an entity looking back at them with that same smile. Ooh. And that was the manifestation of the house in the mirror. So it's very interesting that you, you mentioned that, that we can find a v- visual representation mirroring back at us and communicating back with us in a way that we can understand. So in the seance, we talked to some really cool stuff. We talked to some really interesting stuff in point. And if you've listened to our Mothman series in our Indra yeah. Cold episode, he apparently talked to Indrid Cold. So yeah. if you're a Hellier fan and an Indrid Cold fan and a Mothman fan, you should join us for the next one because apparently there's going to be some extraterrestrials who are going to try to help find Indrid so that he can talk to us some more. Oh, I am so excited. That next one, what do we say? <laughs> June June 12th, I believe it is, at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, it, so we used the Estes method, um, which we, we had Carl... And Connor on to talk to us about the Estes method. I think the New Kirks may have done that in their interview a bit too. Uh, but the Estes method being that I was blindfolded and had a spirit box in my ear. So just going through the stations, cycling really quickly. Uh, and, and Pagan was asking questions through uh, our Gilded server. We had a bunch of our friends there in that chat. Um, but I was, you know, totally disconnected. And that's what I really like about it is I was so disconnected from all the questions that Pagan was putting out there. And we still got really, really wild results. It makes me feel so positive for our investigation of the, the Revelator Podcast Network Haunted HQ this summer. Because once I get all settled in there in July, I I just think that there's so many good experiments that we have access to. Gansfeld, Estes Method. Um, we got that EEG machine now. I don't know if we've really formally talked about that too much in this podcast, but um, we can kind of measure brain waves, and that puts us in the a very interesting realm where we're still going down these interest these cool CIA reports, uh, following their steps, and that's matching up with Matt Oren's book so well. I, I mm-hmm. feel like uh, the calling of this podcast is is finding its footing. Like I feel like whatever put us on a certain path last year is bringing some some more of it to fruition. So please do join us, everyone that's out there. Like, this is an open call. If you're liking what you're hearing about the Hinsdale House, if you go watch that Haunt Me episode and you fall in love with the concepts they're bringing to the table, we're very much following in their footsteps and learning from them, too. We're, we're trying, like, like, Katie's giving us tips about it. And I think before she left that call the other day, she was just like, I am so excited for you moving into this house. Like, she's just amped for the potentials. And let alone your farm, Pagan. And we talked to your farm last time. It was the spirits from your place that we pulled in. It was the spirits from my place. And then a few that were not from my place at all. Um, we, we spoke to some very cool extraterrestrials, some very cool um, actual mermaids, apparently. Um, we're going to talk some more about that. I'd like to see if we can communicate with them again before I officially dive deep into that, because I'd like to talk more to them and learn more about them before I really dive deep with you guys. Um, so with that, that was really cool. We talked to Andrew Cold, apparently. Yeah. Uh, we actually talked to a spirit from my farm who was named Evan, who committed suicide at the end of my road. Um, he was very, very kind and very wonderful to talk to. Um, kind of broke my heart a little bit because he committed suicide, but you know, that happens. 
And it was just, it was, there was so much cool energy and so much wonderful interactions. And not only was Kyle doing like the scientific stuff, I was doing the occult stuff with the tarot and the pendulums. And we had other people that were doing tarot and, you know, different kinds of interactions. We had lots of different people trying different experiments at home. Yeah. In addition to what we were doing. So it was really fun and it was really fun to see how many pieces actually matched up with each other. And there were a lot, a lot. (laughs) It was so cool. It was probably one of the coolest experiences I've had in a long time. And I can't wait to do it again. (laughs) Same. I just want to dispel myths though, right here. Listen, everybody, you first of all, totally have the ability to do this stuff. Again, this is not stuff that's locked behind you being, you know, a whatever degree wizard, wherever you're signing up. You don't have to do that. You can if you want, but you don't have to. You don't have to be on a TV show to connect with energies. You don't have to do any of that. You don't even need expensive items, right? You did great stuff with a pendulum. Like this is, again, you you can make a Ouija board on paper if you so choose this. And, 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 from everything we've seen from our friends and our just personal experience. I didn't even record the last one because I didn't believe that we were going to get through. So I even went in, into it with disbelief and it still worked. <laughs> like I was like, wow, this um, whatever was ch- talking started really talking. So to the people out there listening again, I want to dispel those myths that like you can't be involved. The other thing I want to dispel is like, like we are very accessible. You can come and ask us questions. Like we are not miles away. We are not, you know, hoity toity like like please ask us questions please come and get involved our our gilded server literally welcomes people of like all good intents we don't suffer a-holes though not at all not at all but um all all people that want to come and hang out and like share good ideas and respect beliefs and like just talk about what their practices are you don't have to have a deep knowledge you don't you're not behind this is something i saw on twitter the other day people saying they felt like they were behind communities no 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 we're building this with you whether you join us now or a year from now like you're still on this path with us if you so choose and we really like to make room for people because that's what has been done for us like we've had so many great people from this community shepherd us in um, the new Kirks, Michelle, Katie, like I got the whole list, right? They all welcomed us in so warmly and we want to make sure we're doing that for other people. So as we learn from all of our friends, as we're starting to replicate experiments that they've done and taught us, we want to make sure we're as educational and as accessible to all of you listeners out there. So you want to do a seance virtually? Come on. You don't have to go out in the field. You don't have to own anything. You don't even need a candle. You literally can just join us in the voice chat. You don't need a microphone or anything. Just come on over. You can do a text chat if you want. So totally text. We're here. We love this. All you need is just to listen in and then you can just totally do text with us. You don't actually have to be on mic or anything like that. Mm -mm. And it's so much fun to do that. And it was so cool to do the different things that we did. And I love how Kyle was saying before that, you know, you don't have to be in a specific level. You don't have to be perfect at it. We all grow and learn together. And I can't tell you, you know, I I don't consider myself to be advanced in anything, but I will say that, you know, I'm growing and I'm learning and I am not at the same level I was last year. And that's okay. It doesn't matter where you start at as long as you're going in a direction that yeah. makes you happy. Bingo. That's the thing. And we encourage everybody to come join us. And it was really fun to to look at the Hinsdale investigation and kind of see how a different kind of haunting can inspire a different type of investigation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're on that path to saying, you know what, it's cool to go to a, a actual place, but can we still connect to the place sitting in our own home and see what we can dig up? Now, obviously, we're not going to do that with Hensdale because Hensdale is a PKM manifestation. Now, with this particular PK manifestation, the DR60 session that they did get, the house needs energy to survive. And Greg specifically stated that we can't feed it. So we are not going to be virtually connecting nope. to this house because it doesn't need to be fed because it doesn't have a good intent with people. It's doing whatever it can to survive, but it's going about it in a really negative fashion and nobody needs that juju in their life. So still, we wish you the best, but nope, we're not going there. So 
<laughs> Agreed. I, I'll shout out that the owner does have a, uh, they've got a website set up for their stuff at hauntedhinsdalehouse.com where they have the availability to book tours, uh, investigation mm-hmm. sessions and all that other such. So we would say, you know, do as thou wilt, be good to yourselves, be good, take good intentions with you if that's something you choose. I love the idea of haunted restoration stuff, though. Again, that's literally the stuff we're going to go after this summer. So if you want to help us out, there's the, the website and all the subscribe functionality. Help out the Hinsdale House, too. Um, who else? We Parsons Field Seminary up in uh, Maine. Speaking of Haunt Me, they're another group that is uh, maintaining something. If you remember, we talked about that almost a year oh, ago. Yeah, aeons ago. Yeah. That was actually our second episode we ever did. Wow. wow. What a great tie-in. Because we didn't even know when we did that. We didn't know who Katie Webb was or the Haunt Me was going, like had gone there. Um, but again, Parsons Field Seminary, there's a great group of people maintaining that. Like these haunted attractions and such can definitely use your support, especially in this day and age where there's so much big business that is not helping people out. You know, try and support your authors as uh, on their own websites if you can, like our occult community especially. Say no to pirating their books like that's bad juju don't put out bad juju into the space um just just be good with yourselves like i said these communities where everyone's so accessible our friend michelle's doing her 9 p.m eastern time connection rituals on saturday nights stop by there the new kirks have the, the paramuseum so check out the traveling uh museum of the paranormal and the cult i may have said that out of order i'm not sure sorry guys um there's just so many great things modern witch over there uh People are building wonderful, beautiful communities, so do not be afraid to get involved. Come over and join our Gilded at gilded.gg forward slash RPN. Um, we'd be happy to continue talking Hinsdale House with folks that have any questions about it. Is there anything else you want to kind of lay on, folks, to wrap this one up in particular, Pagan, or should we do our standard outro and give them all notes on the dates? Well, I will say that if you want to also support um, uh, Michelle, another one of our friends, Michelle Belanche, she's actually uh, doing a class later this month. Oh, uh, it's the twentieth, but I'm not a hundred percent on that. You can go to her website and uh, michellebelanger.com and look up the events tab, and it's listed right there. Nice. So and her her class is like twenty bucks. Oh. So it's pretty shadow work class. Highly recommend it. Pretty much anything with anybody that we have interviewed yeah. is going to be awesome. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It's probably going to be amazing. That's true. Oh, and I think next, you guys will probably get an episode before this. But yes, next Tuesday the 8th, I believe, is when Laura Tempted Zakroff's new book comes out. You are right. Yes. Yes. Big yes. time. Anatomy of the Wit. So make sure you guys go buy that. And I think I think if you actually go to her website, I think you can pre-order a signed copy. Yep. I know she was talking about it. So go check that out. It's going to be great. And that's all the news I have. Oh, and I'm sorry. There's one more thing. No, don't one be, more. Keep, keep going. Uh, Katie Webb is going to be on Pagan's Witchy Corner <gasps> next week. She yeah. will be. We're doing the interview on the 7th. And the episode will air on the 13th. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be talking all sorts of cool stuff about altars and working with the divine and mental health and witchcraft and all sorts of other cool stuff. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be awesome. Indeed. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. I blended I blended an outro just with my 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 final notes on the case. So sorry. We, you know, I'm shouting it all out. But there's so much going on. Summer is such a big time for the occult community. Um, just with everything that's happening and you know fall is going to be even bigger. But we'll just say again, seance June 12th, wards and protection workshop that's pe- the Pagans hosting uh, June 18th. We'll be doing that in the Gilded server. Uh, that is 6 p.m. Eastern. We got the seance June 26th. July 12th is the week that I look to be moving. So I will be very unavailable that week-ish. July 31st. We, Pegan and I, are live with Michelle Belanger and Illyria on uh, at the House Keperu event, the Gather. So make sure you go and buy tickets. That's House Keperu, or I'm sorry, it's Keperu.org forward slash Gather 2021. And that's spelled K H E P E R U, Keperu. So Keperu 
org forward slash gather 2021. Uh, go get tickets. Matt Oren is headlining that. Oh, it's going to be so good. This is just a wonderful three day event of presenters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I just cannot wait for that. So again, put that in the calendar, put the seances in there. We would love it if you choose to become a member up on the website. We've been doing bonus content. Again, Katie Webb dropped a whole hour extra. Michelle's put up a whole hour extra. We had wonderful people extend their interviews and do so much for our members. Uh, those are available to people with the $20 and above membership. We have a $5 one. We got the $50 one. That is going and changing its name. So listen, you have very little time, but we've extended this kind of thing. So that's going to be changing out July, August. It's not going to be called Founder anymore as we hit our birthday. So that's going to be changing into the insider role because you're getting a lot of inside information. They will be getting early access to interviews. I mean, they might get them even like four or five days ahead of the other folks. Uh, So you get in there on that exclusive podcast feed. Uh, You can very, very briefly have time to get that actual name of founder, though. So those people are going to be immortalized on the website. Anyone that's a 50 and above, they're going to get a special section down there. We got a couple people. We actually have... Uh, a couple signups to founder just the other day. We got our very first purchase of the house restoration or preservation team, I should say. So we got people up there. If you want to get on that, that's going to be so freaking cool. We're going to deck out that house with some cool technology. And even better, we're going to get it restored in a way that makes it look appropriate and feels good to the core of the history of the place. With my uh, experience working with the local history, historical societies, we're going to put that to the test and, uh, Get it looking ship shape so we can do even cooler things, even cooler seances. We'll have a whole room dedicated just for that and the ability for friends and of the network to come by and do investigations of their own. So if you're near the Pittsburgh PA area, hit me up. What else, mm-hmm. Pagan? That's kind of the big that, stuff, huh? That is totally oh. the big stuff. And I think we are, at least from my point of view, we are definitely good. Hey, so one thing, Joy, Joy on uh, on on Apple gave us a five star, said a favorite, always a fascinating topic and guest. I love this podcast. Lots of exclamation points. Hey, Joy76899. Thank you very much for saying that. We'll read yours out, too, if you leave us some nice reviews up there. Again, that helps us get out from that troll bomb. Go follow us on Twitter. All of our links are in the podcast show notes, and everything can be easily found at revelatornetwork.com. Stay safe, folks. We will chat with you very soon with some more cryptid episodes and other psychical developments. Bye-bye. Bye.